But welcome. It's good to be back. You know, it's been, um, what, uh, 26 months since uh, you guys uh, prayed for me and sent me out. And I was up north. Uh, I am up north in uh, the northwest, those of you that don't know, in Marysville, Washington. And it's been amazing and it's been uh, exciting and a blessing all at once. You know, so God has been good. And, and one thing that, that's really amazing, guys, is <clears throat> your prayers for me has been uh, felt. You know, all of you that have been praying for me and, uh, and thinking about me and saying, Lord, just bless that poor guy, man. He's up there in the north. He needs help. You know, uh, God has been answering your prayers. And, uh, and, and a lot of fruit, you know, is, is being born by what God has called me to do up there. You know, and, and so you guys have a part in that. You know, so when, when those days come and the rewards and I'm in the way back, I'm going to see you guys up front being blessed by the Lord, you know, for all of your participation in, in what God has, has done. And it's just wonderful to be back here. But uh, um, what I want to do now, guys, is, is let's turn to our very familiar friend. Let's turn to our familiar friend, our Bible. And let's turn to it and, and let's go to the Bible is someplace uh, uh, something that we go to, you know, when we need comfort, right? You need comfort, you need guidance, you need strength, you need encouragement. And that's where God meets us right here through his word. Turn to the gospel of Matthew uh, with me. And we're going to spend a little bit of time in Matthew and share some things the Lord has laid on my heart um, here. You know, you ever get those times when... <clears throat> You're going through something in your life and all of a sudden you see your Bible sitting there on your table and you just go over to the Bible and everything's quiet and all of a sudden you open up the Bible and it's like the Lord just begins to minister to you. We just sit down with the Lord and he begins to minister to us. So uh, go to Matthew chapter 14. Go to Matthew chapter 14 and as soon as everybody gets it there, we're going to pray. And when I ask God to, to open up his word to us and to captivate our minds and get a hold of our ears so we could hear exactly what he's saying. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for your word. Lord, without your word, where would we be? This morning, get our ears right where it needs to be to hear you. Let our hearts be so receptive as only you, Lord, can do that. So thank you so very much for your presence today, which is always with us. Open up your word to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, turn to, uh, you got it, Matthew 14. Look at verse 13. Okay, look at verse 13. <clears throat> and what I'm going to read to you uh, is a true event. All right, what we're going to read, was, it's all true events, and it's real. It's as real as you and I are right here in this sanctuary, right here. Everything that we're going to read, it, it's real. It, it, it's reality, okay? And when we look at the scriptures today, <clears throat> I want to come away, I want all of us to come away with at least three things today, okay? The first thing we want to come away with is a view of Jesus like never before. We want to come away with a view of Jesus like never before. The second thing we want to do is we want to come away with an encouragement not to fear. Not to fear. The third thing we want to gain and come away with today is a desire for God's word more 
than when we came in this morning, okay? And we're gonna see if we capture those three things as we look at God's word. Now, somewhere around 2,000 years ago, and I know I wasn't around, Fred, you weren't around about then, no, no? Okay, so about 2,000 years ago in Israel, <clears throat> there was a, a prophet by the name of John the Baptist, and he was God's prophet, okay? He was God's prophet, and he made this king, his name was Herod, very, very upset. Because you see, John the Baptist was, was, was God's prophet. He didn't hold nothing back. And, and, and King Herod had a little bit of Jewish blood in him, you see. But what King Herod did that got God mad and got John the Baptist to voice God's disapproval was this guy went out and took another man's wife and made her his own. Well, that wasn't going to stand with God. So God had his prophets speak up. And you know what? The king didn't like that. That wasn't a very good thing. But you know, it's, it's something about what happens uh, in, in people that are like us, that are Christians, that when we are put in positions like that, where there's a right and a wrong, there's only one or two ways we can go, right? We could either be silent and please men, and you know, like John the Baptist could have said, zip the lip, I'm not saying nothing. But yet, the other thing that we could do is we can actually speak up. And speaking up sometimes can bring some very harsh consequences because if you look at John the Baptist, what happened to him was not only was he arrested, not only was he thrown in jail, man, he met the gallows right there and they cut his head off and wasn't a good thing. Isn't that something? So that's what happened back then to give you a little bit of background of, of, of where we're going to start in. So on that very, very sad day, Okay, and let's pick it up at verse 12 and, and, and we'll see the end of what happened there and the start of something else that's really new. Look at verse 12, <clears throat> chapter 14, and it says this. Then his disciples came and took away the body. Speaking of John the Baptist, they took away the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. Now, those two verses alone, I call this the compassion and the humanity of Christ. The compassion and humanity of Christ. Now, did you notice something there? Jesus heard the terrible news of what happened to John the Baptist. It was a very bad day. That was a very, very bad start of a day, wouldn't you say? To find out what happened to John the Baptist. He loved John the Baptist. They cut his head. They went and his disciples took his body and they buried him. And then they came and told Jesus. And look at verse 13. <clears throat> it says, when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by a boat. Now, upon him hearing this very terrible news, he went to a deserted place by himself. If you have ever went through something in your life so terrible that you had to get alone and just get by yourself. I don't know if anybody has been through something like that. You, I, you don't, I don't even know what's going on and I just had to get away. Look, Jesus knows exactly 
what you're going through. He knows just what you're feeling. So he's no stranger to what your loneliness might be going through in your deserted times and your times of loneliness. Isn't that interesting? Now, notice something wonderful here in verse 14. It says in verse 14 how he saw the multitude, but he healed the sick. Now, listen to this. Jesus looked out and he saw this multitude of people, but yet, out of all of the people that he saw, he was able, follow me, to heal each individual that was sick. Did you see that? So, so the Lord, even though he sees a multitude of people, he sees individually every single thing going on in your life. No matter how many people around you, no matter how many bazillions of people on the earth, he looks right at you and he sees exactly where you are. That must have been an amazing time right then when he can do that for each individual. I thought that was pretty cool. Now, when he saw this great multitude and he saw everyone's need, he saw them a certain way, meaning that he looked at them a certain way. You ever say, how many have ever been pulled over by the cops? Don't raise your hand. Okay, and, and, and so when you're pulled over by the policeman, I'm sure he's looking at you and it's a way he's looking at you. It's what we call the look of an arresting officer. Right? Well, when God looks at us, he doesn't look at us like an arresting officer. He doesn't look at you like, hey, well, I don't got something against you. He looks at us with a heart of compassion. Now, I don't know about you, and I don't know how much compassion you need by the things you go through in your life, but I know I need a lot. And every time I do open the word of God, and every time I do sit before the Lord, guess what? I have got to understand that when I say Heavenly Father, he's looking at me. Lord Jesus, he's looking at me with a heart of compassion because he loves me. And that's exactly how he was looking at every single one of these people here. And I thought that was very beautiful. So don't ever forget whatever troubles you are going through, no matter what they are, your Heavenly Father is looking at you with a heart of love and a heart of compassion individually to meet your exact need. Amazing, isn't it? All right, so now let's look at a few more verses. Let's read together verse 15 to 21. Now, I call these verses, and I like this, I call these verses, dinner is served by an unlikely few, okay? Dinner is served by an unlikely few. Look at verse 15, we're gonna to read to verse 21 together, so let's go do that. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Well, let's stop right there. We're going to finish up in a minute. Look at that again. Look at that verse again. Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. Here is something I think that we really need to learn about Jesus. He does not, and it's not his habit, to send people away that are in need. Now, think of it this way. I know that I have needs. And I know you guys got needs. I know the world has needs. Guess what happens when you come to Jesus? 
He will not send you away. Oh, but there's somebody in your ear, the devil, right? And he's lying to you. He's saying, Jesus doesn't want to hear you. You know, your problem is beyond him. Do you know what you've did is so bad? He don't want to hear you. Oh, you know, that thing that you got going on is not really that important. Don't you ever listen to that. Okay? Don't ever listen to that. Go back to this verse and say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jesus will not send anybody away. Therefore, he's not going to send me away. Beautiful, beautiful thing. All right, let's keep reading there. I had to take that break. Look at verse 17. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fishes, or two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained now. Those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. <laughs> now, let me think for a minute. 5,000 plus, that's a lot of people. But notice something here. He blessed, he broke, and he gave the loaves. But who did he give the loaves to? The disciples. And then who did the disciples give the loaves to? To the people. Now, remember, this day didn't start out too good. It was such a very depressing day. The Lord went off and he took off to get alone. His disciples with him, right? He saw the multitudes and all of a sudden he saw them. And I'm sure the disciples were just, well, the disciples are just being disciples. You know, they're just like us. They're hanging out following the Lord. And things weren't going so good that day. However, look what happened. Jesus took the time to take the bread, the fish, and feed the people. But he didn't do it alone. He took his disciples and they went to work too. And they took what he broke, what he blessed, and they turned around and blessed those with what they were blessed with. How, what does that mean for us? You know, you could be going through the most toughest time of your life. How important is it for us to receive from the Lord what he has blessed? what he has broken, and what he has given to us. Oh, don't you think that what he's just given to you is just for you? And don't you look in the mirror and say, I'm going through the toughest day in the world, Chuck. There's no way I'm going to get out there and give anybody anything. Think about what these guys did. They took what the Lord gave. He turned around, and they turned around and went off and blessed others with what they were given. Amazing, amazing. And guess what? That's the same thing that happens to us. And you know what? Whatever you and I are going through, sometimes, okay, sometimes, whatever we receive from Jesus, let us turn around and give it to the multitudes. And remember, you might be worn out, you might be tired, and you might have heard the worst things in your life. Don't forget to turn around and give to others the blessings that God has given to you. Amazing. 
Amazing. All right, let's read verse 20 through 22 through 27, okay? We're going to read 22 through 27, and guys, I call this a storm meets its match. A storm meets its match. Look at verse 22 with me. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Now, wait a minute. He went by himself in the mountain to pray. I got to stop there for a second. How important is prayer? Prayer is so important that it adds vital strength to the Christian, guidance to the Christian, understanding to the Christian. Now, the storm, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but yet before the storm story starts, we see the Lord in prayer. How important is it for us to follow suit? Who knows what storm's going to happen tomorrow? 1 Thessalonians 5.17, right? Pray without ceasing. There's a good reason for that. So we can keep praying so that when that storm comes, we're prepared and ready. Amen? All right, let's look a little bit more. All right? Now, so here we are. The Lord in verse 23. All right, let's read that one more time. Verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. And when evening had come, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now, because Jesus is God, think this through. And I like when Chuck says that. Think this through. So I had to think this through. Because Jesus is God, he doesn't need human mode of transportation to get from point A to point B, does he? He doesn't need to do anything to get where he just can be where he wants to be. But yet, when we look at the scripture here, right, we see uh, in verse 25, it says, Now in a fourth watch, which is between three and six in the morning, we see here uh, of the night, went to them walking on the sea. So, what I'm trying to say is, is that Jesus doesn't need human means to get where he needs to go, all right? And the guys saw him walking on the sea. Well, the only reason why Jesus was walking, well, one of the reasons why Jesus was walking on the sea was for their sake. They needed to see him walking. He could have just showed up in a boat and said, done. But yet they actually see him walking. And it just got their attention, didn't it? That walking got his attention in the midst of the storm. Now, follow me here, okay? Just when we think, okay, because they got a reality check, don't you think? 
Don't you think they got a reality check when they saw him out there? I think so, okay? So when they saw him, uh, and they never seen him do this before. They never seen anything like this. This was something they never seen before. It got their attention and it woke them up and gave them a reality check. However, however, okay, just when, okay, the same with us, just when we think that we have God figured out where we know how things are going to happen, out of nowhere, God shows up and does something completely out of the ordinary. He did. I would say that that was kind of out of the ordinary. But here it is. Look, when we're going through the storms of life, you could probably, with me, figure out, well, I pretty much know how God's going to figure this one out. I mean, I've seen how God did it before. I've read how God does things. You know what? I'm pretty sure I got it pretty much down pat. Guess what? God will surprise you. God will come through in a way that is totally, totally out of the ordinary for us. So don't always expect God to do things this very same way to get you through your storm. You see what I mean? What happens is this. What we need to do is put our eyes on that God can come through for us, however that is, and begin to thank him for it. Because if I sit and say, well, I know how this missionary trip coming up is going to happen. I know just how this door is going to open. I know just how we're going to get through this situation. I know just how I'm going to overcome this. I know how God's going to meet my need. I know how God's going to fix my marriage. I know how I'm going to be blessed with my job. I know how I'm going to get led. Guess what? God can get your attention by walking on the sea so that you can get a reality check so you could turn to him and say, wow, Lord, I never knew you could do it that way. But that's the God we serve. And that's the God that they were serving. And that's what's kind of woke them up to say, wow, I thought I had God figured out. All right. All right. Let's look a little bit more. Let's look a little bit more here. Their trust in the Lord. All right. Uh, to come through this. They've never seen anything like this before, but they had to expect his help. And one scripture that hit my mind was Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Amen? All right, let's look at verse, uh, we're going to look at verse um, 27. And I'm going to ask you guys a question. Look at verse 27 one more time. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I, do not be afraid. Now, would you agree with me that we are in, they, these guys were in a loud, noisy, very chaotic, life-threatening moment at this time? Who would agree with that one? Yeah, I would say so. Right? They were in a noisy, loud, life-threatening, okay, fearful moment at the time of their life. Yet, yet, they heard the voice of Jesus through that storm. Hmm, 
Very interesting, right? Now, what I want you to do, and I, let's transfer this noisy, loud, chaotic, fearful moment and transfer all of that over to our own life. Transfer that to what we're going through. Think about that for a minute. The things that we might be going through might be loud. It might be noisy. It might be chaotic. It might even be fearful and life-threatening. However, look again at verse 27. Transfer all of that over to, the, to yourselves and look at verse 27 again. But immediately, Jesus spoke to Richard. But immediately, Jesus spoke to, put your name there, Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, right? He said, be of good cheer. Now, Jesus is still, to this very day, able to speak right through the storms of life. And what it does is bring comfort to his kids. That's what he can do, all right? He can do that. Write this now. Now, nothing, okay, nothing can stop the voice of God from getting through to you, no matter how chaotic and loud. Now, think about that for a minute. When was the last time God spoke to you through his word? When was the last time God gave you guidance? When was the last time God just whispered in your ear that he loves you? When was the last time that the Lord said, this is the way, walk ye in it? It doesn't matter what's going on out there. You know, the enemy would say to you, you have to be in church. You have to be uh, in a quiet place. You have to be settled. You have to be in America. You have to be wherever to hear God. Guess what? It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter how deep and how bad. His voice will get through and it will bring comfort. Now notice something here too, guys. Listen to what else he said to his disciples just out of this verse. He says, it is I. He says, it is I. You know, how do we know the Lord? Do we know the Lord that, that close, that in the middle of the day or in, right in the morning time, he wakes you up and says, good morning, and you know it's him? How about when you open the word and he begins to speak to you, and you say, yeah, that's the Lord, man. That's the Lord. He got something for me, you know? And, and it's amazing that the more that you get to know the Lord, the more that the Lord comes to that place of revealing himself to you, getting your attention, putting you in a place, maybe a quiet place, and speaks his word to you, he begins to just make you understand that who he really is. Do you know him that well? You know, the only way that a man can get to know Jesus Christ is through being born again. The only way that a man or a woman can get to have this, I know that it's him, right, when he speaks, is that they've come to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you and I have done the same thing. We've come to a place of seeing ourselves as a sinner needing a savior. We've come to a place, you know, in our life that we said, you know, the very things that bound me, that made me do the things that I didn't want to do, that, it, that the guilt that was in my heart that I said I'll never do again and I ended up doing again and I'm in bondage, those things, the things that said I didn't want to know who God was in my heart and life, but that day when I understood that what Jesus did on the cross by dying and shedding his blood was for me. 
Because if I would have died without him, without this, I would stand before the judge of all judges. And in, in love in his heart, because he is a merciful, loving God, on that day of judgment, would say, Richard, I love you, but you never received my son Jesus. You rejected him. You remember those tracks you saw? Chuck them. Remember that radio station you turned on that said Jesus loves you? You turned it off. And now you stand before the judge of all judges. Then the sins that you've done, you're accountable for every single one of them. And guess what? You ain't got enough money in your bank to pay your way out of hell. And off I go to an eternal judgment separated from God because I never received Jesus Christ while I was on this earth. But yet we go back to that verse, we go back to that storm, we go back to that boat, and Jesus on the water, and he looks at Peter and the other disciples, and he says, it is I. Isn't it great, guys, to know that we know who that I is? That when he just speaks to us, we know who he is. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so now, what we're gonna do here is look again at what he said. He said here, uh, in verse 27, we're not done with verse 27, are we? All right, look at verse 27 again. He says, be of good cheer. You know what? When the Lord does come, when the Lord does speak to us, he brings not only cheer, but what? Good cheer. Okay? The Lord brings the best because he brings it for his kids. Now look, God has only the best set for his kids, doesn't he? His heart is a good father, and he looks after us. And the things that he's concerned with about you, the plans that he has for you, are good plans. The way that he's leading you is the best way. Now, how many of you were like me, said, Lord, I know better? No, 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 Lord, no. I know you want me to go right, but I think I should go left. What do you mean go down this street? No, I think I should go down that street. And the Lord says, Look, son, Richard, wake up, young man. Let me get your attention. What my plans are for you are the best plans. So where I'm leading you and guiding you is exactly where you need to be because it's going to fulfill the plan that I've created for you and not only fulfill that plan for you, it will bring abundance of life for you because he's come to give us abundance of life. I love it. And that carries over to every sphere of life, right? Your, your birth, your life, your marriage, your death, everything, the Lord is with you through every step, guiding you. I love it. I love it. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, there's one more thing there. In verse 27, guys, I want you to capture here. He says, um, immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. We got that. And then he finishes it up with, do not be afraid. Wait a minute. Let me look at that. Look at that verse again. Put your eyes on that verse. Look at it, guys. Get it in your eyes. Don't think about what anyone is telling you. And he says, he says, Jesus, the one that we know, do not be afraid. That's what he says. Do you know that in the Bible, you will find do not be afraid in some form or another 366 times? And do you know that out of those 366 times, I think God's trying to get our attention? And I think he's trying to say, hey, how many days are in a year? 365, and I'm giving you one more for leap year. Look, 366 times. Can't you get it through your skull, Richard, that I am with you? Be of good cheer and do not 
be afraid. And I think he keeps telling me that because I end up being afraid. And every time I go back to looking at the Word of God, I open up this wonderful Bible and I read it again, it encourages me. It gives me strength again. It tells me what he's telling me is true. But everybody else is telling you to be afraid, especially your enemy, the devil. He wants to try to scare you like crazy. Every time you read the Gospels, you see the demons trying to scare people, right? Foaming at the mouth, striking and all this stuff, trying to get you off guard. God steps in and says, Psst, done. So he tells us the same thing. Don't you get scared of what you hear? What you, what you get a letter in the mail? What did, it, what did it do, scare you? You serve the living God. What did they tell you? They told you, Tom, what? No way, don't be afraid. And you just trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And you watch what he does. And you look at this verse again and say, okay, Lord, I got it. I know I need to be reminded again, but I'm trusting in you. Do not be afraid. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful lesson there. Now, let's look again at verse 28 through verse 33, okay? And I call this part here, guys, a sheep hears his voice, okay? Look at verse 28 with me. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come out of, uh, when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Now, I could just see in this boat these, these, these disciples, these wet sheep. Okay, they're all this wet sheep. Things are really going really bad for them <laughs> there. But Peter, um, he, yeah, they must have looked a fright. But Peter was unsure to what he was looking at. He was unsure who this was, right? So being unsure to who he was, he asked for a command. Did you notice that? He asked for a command. He said here, look at it there, guys. Peter answered him, verse 28. Lord, if it is you, command me. He asked for a command. And guess what, guys? His command was not to walk on water. You and I would be like, hey, Lord, tell me. I want to walk on water. That's what I want. I want the big stuff. But that's not what he commanded. It's not what the command was. The command was to do what, guys? Look at that again. I, I, I can't say it any better than what it says here. Look what it says at the end of verse 28, okay? Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you. That's what he wanted. You see, when we go through the toughest times of our life and we're in the storms, what are usually the things that we say, Lord, take this storm away. Lord, this thing is too big for me. Would you please get me out of this situation? Lord, you see this individual, deliver me from them. 
Lord, I don't know if I could take another day. You've got to do something about this. The sun doesn't seem to come out enough as it is. Lord, please bring the sunshine. How am I, Lord, you've got to meet this need. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's try to rethink this a minute. When we're going through the biggest storms, your, your job is not to be, Lord, I want to, you know, walk on this storm. Lord, I want to go to you. Whatever I'm going through, I want to come to you. The lessons that I want to learn right now, I don't, I don't want to go through these lessons again. I don't want to learn. I don't want to take a test again. I don't like tests as it is. But I'm learning, Lord, and this is a tough time. So, Lord, what I want to do is come to you. I want to know you more. I want to know you better. I want to understand your ways better. And the only way it's going to happen is I get closer to you. Lord, your word has not been looked at enough in my heart. I need to read that. Your word speaks to me. This, this word right here is, is our food. It's our life. It actually cleanses us. It gives us a hope. It gives us a strength. It gives us guidance. But Lord, it's always closed on my counter and I am so busy. But Lord, you know what? This, this, it, this is difficult. So I want to come to you. So as I open this word, speak to me, I pray in Jesus' name. And just begin to read. Start in the Gospel of John and keep going. And when you finish there, and go start in Genesis and keep going. Read God's word. And Lord, prayer time seems to be so difficult. I don't even have time to, to, to cook breakfast in the morning, let alone pray. But God, you are so great and the things of life are so difficult. Teach me to be praying. I know how to pray. I know how to say, Daddy, help. So teach me to be praying. Man, you know, fellowship is such a difficult thing being at church, isn't it? I got some things to do on Sunday morning. And here, what am I doing here on Sunday morning? I could be painting something. I got a project in the garage somewhere. I could have did it yesterday, but I got tied up with this and that and the honeydew list or whatever, and I don't know. But here I am in church today. Why? Why? Because this is where I need to be to get closer to my Lord, to be closer to him because I love him. It's a good thing, isn't it? So guys, look, when the storms are raging, don't be saying, hey, I want to walk on water. Say, Lord, I want to walk closer to you. Bring me to you. Amen? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. He loves us so much, guys, and that's what he wants. So here he is, unsure. He gets out there, <laughs> okay, and, and notice something. When he asked him, listen, he asked him for a command. The command came, and he went down, right, out of the boat, and he started to walk on the water to go to Jesus. Now listen to this. What in the world possessed him to actually step down out of that boat and go when he, when he heard that command? What, what would I, I could have said to him, come on, man. You know what? He would have never went if it was me saying something to him. You ever see those sheep they put in a, in, in a, in a, a, a corral there, a little pen at night, and all of the shepherds put them all together. They can watch him, and then the shepherds come in the morning and get them, you know. You ever see that? And they just mingled all of the herds, and you know, your herd and mine, they're all hanging out together. And then all of a sudden, you know, let's say I was a shepherd and I'm not. And all of a sudden I come and I see my sheep over there and they're mingled with Chuck's sheep and, and everyone else's sheep. And all of a sudden I go in there and go, I gotta bring them out to feed them. Hey guys, 
let's go, it's me. They recognize my voice, don't they? And sure enough, out the gate comes my sheep. All the other sheep that are not mine, they're not gonna follow my voice. And all of a sudden they go, well, that's exactly what happened here. Jesus, the great shepherd, was in the midst of the storm. That storm, no matter how loud it was, his voice got through. And when his voice got through, it was recognized and understood by the sheep, Peter. And he stepped down and he walked out. How important is it for us to just listen to the Lord, to understand the Lord? Can you imagine making the most difficult decision in your entire life and it's depending upon the Lord telling you what to do? Oh, come on now. Come on, the most difficult thing in your life, the, the decision that is going to guide your life, that's going to make you or break you. And you've got to know, I've got to know, Lord, if this is you. I cannot make a mistake. I can't. Well, it doesn't matter how loud that storm gets. That voice will make its way through, and you're going to hear it. And you're going to follow the master right on through the storm. I love it. I love it. So, so, the objective here is not to walk on water, okay, in the storm. Our objective is to go to Jesus. No matter what the situation, it is to go to Jesus. Amazing. My sheep hear my voice, John 10, 27. I know them and they follow me. Did you hear that? Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me, okay? <clears throat> All right, let's move on a little bit here. It says here, after he gets this command, right, and, and he goes and he, he gets out there, notice something. I don't know what storms any of us would ever go through, but God can speak through them. Yet, Jesus chooses, he chooses to get our attention. He chooses to get our attention. Like I said, he didn't have to walk on the water. He didn't have to get their attention. He didn't have to do any of that. But he did it because he loved them. So he's looking to get our attention as well. He's looking to get our attention. Okay? Now, because he loves us, okay, because he loves us, we could see where God helped Brother Peter and he's going to help us. There's no way that he's not going to help us, okay, simply because he loves us so very much. So now, if we would come to the Lord the very same way and say, Lord, if it is you, command me to come, guaranteed, the Lord is going to answer. Guaranteed, he's going to speak to us. And then we finish up here at verse 28, and this is a real good place to finish and, and, and do exactly what they did in, in, excuse me, in verse 33, to do exactly at the very end of our reading for today, it says here, then those who were in the boat, they came and worshiped him. They came and worshiped him. That's where we need to come to, a place in our life where we worship the Lord, no matter what we're going through. That's what they did. They went through the toughest time, he brought them through, Okay, God has answered my prayer. I'm done. Nah. No, that's not what we do. At the end, we come, and we come before the Lord, and we say, Lord, we're coming to worship you. He says, then also at the end of that verse, it says, truly, you are the Son of God. Remember, these guys didn't really know 
in fullness who Jesus was. You know what? I don't think any of us will ever know the fullness of what God is and how he is and all that he has. But you know what? Every day we're learning more and more and he'll surprise us, won't he? He'll step out and show you just who he is. Amen? Yeah, God is so good. God is so good. You know, guys, we looked at a few things that we wanted to capture and capturing things from, the, from God's word is very important for us. The reason why is because the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and he's making an effect upon our heart that will last and change our lives. So let me ask you a question. You think that we maybe captured a couple of these things that were the three of the things. Um, the first thing was is to see a view of Jesus better than when we walked in this morning. You see Jesus a little bit different, a little bit better than when you came in. I think I did. I think I did. I saw my Lord a little bit more higher and lifted up. Yeah, I did. And then the other thing is, how about encouragement not to fear? You know, I think I learned a little bit more about encouragement not to fear. You know, 366 times, and I bet you, and now I didn't count them all, that's what they said, and the they is, I don't know how accurate they are, but I bet you if you look, I bet you there's a lot more than 366. Because <laughs> the Lord is always interested in his sheep not being afraid. Okay, and then the last thing that we looked at was the, was, excuse me, was the desire for more of his word, right? That's what we wanted to come away with, with, a desire for more of his word, and to ask the Lord to give us more and strengthen us through his word. One thing is so important about God's word. God's word is, is exactly what we need when we need it, right? And he gives us exactly how much. But if we're never in his word, then we're never going to get exactly what he wants to give us through his word. So I would encourage you today, ask the Lord to help you to get deeper into his word by reading it. Simply coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, I need you and I love you. Amen? Yeah, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Well, we're going to have one last song, and then, but we're going to ask God's blessing before they come. Well, they can come on up and get ready. Yeah, come on up and get ready. And what we're going to do is we're going to ask God's blessing upon what we talked about today to our heart. But those of you that um, may not have made a decision for Jesus Christ, now most of you I know, okay, but if you are one that is sitting here that has never made that decision for Jesus Christ, you've never said to him, Lord, it is you that is the Savior and I'm the one that's the sinner needing a savior. If you're the one that has never said to the Lord, I'm the lost one, and you're the one that's trying to seek me, and I've been running from you a long time. Lord, I'm done running. My heart is ready to say yes to you. I want you to know this is your day that God has given you, breath in your lungs, to be sitting here today to say, yes, Lord, I decide to choose you. And you know it's a simple thing. God never made it too complicated. We make things complicated. But what God does is says, look, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And all is all. I had a kid tell me not too long ago, oh, no, I'm not a sinner. And then when I read him some of the things that God said, he goes, wow, yeah, I'm a sinner. And then after that, I told him, you know what? The wages of those sin is death. Did you know what that means? He says, well, yeah, I guess so. I got to pay for him. Well, guess what? You got to pay for them. And then after that, there's a gift, though. 
He goes, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And all you got to do is say, yes, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness, the things I've done wrong, past, present, and future, and come into my life. And he will. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray real quick before we sing our last song. Father, as we all have our heads bowed and they're bowed before you, the disciples in the ship, Lord, went through such a tough time. They're, um, they came to worship you. So, Lord, we want to take a second and if there's anybody here and give them an opportunity to say yes to you, Lord. If anybody is here, Father, move upon their heart to say yes to you, to be serious about serving you. So I ask right now to those that are sitting out there, if, uh, if you're that person that you've never made that decision for Jesus Christ, I want you to just go ahead and say, yes, Lord, come into my heart. I want you to lift your hand to let me know that you're the one that's saying yes to the Lord because then I'm going to pray for you and ask God to watch over you and strengthen your new life and new walk with Christ. So if you're out there, just raise your hand. And saints, be praying for everybody that's in here. Is there anybody that has not made that decision for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Go ahead now, raise your hand and say, yeah, Brother Rich, go ahead and pray for me, man. I need it. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's sing that one last song, sis. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing one last song. You know, one thing about the Lord's love for us, it never changes, it never stops. Now, I want you to notice something. When he looked out at the multitudes before he started that whole journey, the Lord looked at compassion, saw the whole multitudes, and he saw every single one of their needs. Now, what I would like to do and, and, and see happen today is if anybody is here, anybody here now that is ailing, you're sick, you're hurt, your body's hurting, I don't care what it is, I want you to come on forward. I want to pray for you. I want to ask the Lord to heal you. I want him to touch your body. I want him to make you well. Okay? And I want you to think about this. So you come on now forward if you want. But, uh, and we want to pray for you. I want you to think about you're coming to a God that loves you very much and he cares about you extremely and he's concerned about how you what you're going through right now is your back hurting your feet are hurting I don't know well come on forward and let's uh we're gonna have a uh, uh, pastor come and uh, definitely have our brother Josh come and we're gonna lay hands on you and, and ask God to heal you so is there anybody here like to come forward and we'll come we'll pray for you Okay, and all of those that, if not, um, Lord bless you. Have a wonderful week. May the Lord take care of you and cover you with his presence and his blessing. And as he watches over you as you go throughout this whole week, may his word become so strong in your heart and may your prayer time become so vital in your life that it spreads over and overflows to your family, to your kids, and your neighbors. So Lord bless you. Those of you that are gone, we'll see you later. Those of you at the picnic. God loves you so very much. But anybody else, come on forward and we're going to pray for you and ask God to touch your body and make you better.